Hello and welcome to the podcast about my upcoming book, Attempting Local. Attempting Local follows my journey as I explore Ireland, surf the waves of the North Atlantic, hike the country's rugged mountains, and travel throughout Europe, all while striving toward a master's degree. It's an extremely honest account of how tough it can be to leave everything behind and move abroad, though it simultaneously demonstrates the beauty of a life of solo travel. Are you a fan of Attempting Local? Make sure to tap that follow button if you listen on Spotify, subscribe if you're on Apple Podcasts, and follow at Attempting Local Podcast on Instagram and Facebook to stay updated on relevant info. If you're feeling extra sweet, leave an awesome review as well. Every little thing you do helps Attempting Local grow to inform and inspire more listeners. Now, enjoy the show. Episode number 12, London, England. Entry number 6, January 9th, 2019, 136 days since moving to Galway. Entry title, London Bound. An important note. Simply because I'm abroad doesn't mean I'm traveling. I know I've covered this many times, but it's a deceptive notion. Some seem to think living outside the U.S. equates to some semi-indefinite vagabonding. That couldn't be further from the truth. Though I live in Ireland, I'm not traveling per se. I'm not hiking for days on end. I'm walking to Tesco for discounted groceries. I'm not constantly meeting new people or chatting with strangers. I'm gossiping with friends. I'm not throwing myself into every cultural opportunity. I'm studying in cafes and relaxing in my apartment. What I'm doing isn't travel, not in the way you probably think. The sooner I come to terms with that delusion, the better off I am, as are those I explain this experience to. Or maybe this is more true to the essence of travel than all the rest. On this second attempt, I've touched down in Birmingham, England. I was meant to arrive yesterday, but the bus from Galway to Dublin had already set off by the time I noticed I had no passport. This absent-minded mishap resulted in a meaningless six-hour round-trip bus ride and forced me to buy another plane ticket for today. In two days, I spent nine hours on a bus, moving stupidly through the emptiness between Galway and Dublin. Now that I'm at least in the right country, I'm only a two-hour train journey from my old camp friends, those I'm here to visit. First step, London that metropolis I so purposefully avoided the last time I was in England. I'll go great lengths to keep in touch with good friends. I see it as a strength, but as my network grows and expands across the globe, this trait becomes crippling, both financially and in terms of time. This jaunt, for example, has become absurdly long and arduous. Nine hours by bus, one by plane, two by train, and three unused plane tickets. Long story. All for the measly trip from Galway to London. Admittedly, most of the added time and costs have come due to my own shortcomings and misfortunes, and yet I know my self-deprecation will conclude the moment I embrace my old comrades. I'm also hoping this excursion will shift my preconceived notions of London, what I believe to be a bustling, dirty, and overall unlikable city, a place akin to New York City for me. I'm really not a big city person.
Entry number 7, January 11th, 2019, 138 days since moving to Galway. Entry title, The Two Billies. I was completely wrong about London. Though I understand they're not exactly comparable, I favored it quite strongly over NYC. The history, the non-grid-like layout, the undeniable variance in individuality, it was wonderful. I now hope to spend more time there. Tom lives 20 minutes out by way of the London Underground on the Central Line, in a suburb named Woodford Green. I effectively got the touristy bits accomplished, though I spent more time attempting to be a local. After meeting at the railway station in London, Tom managed to successfully stumble upon most of the city's monuments. Trafalgar Square, the Royal Palace, which Tom couldn't remember the name of, it's Buckingham bro, come on. The London Eye, the Shard, the Wobbly Bridge featured in Harry Potter, St. Paul's Cathedral, and a bit more still. He finally showed me to Nando's for dinner, a chicken place everyone lauds over. I enjoyed it, I'd recommend adding the Piri Piri sauce. We then made the quick trip to Tom's house from St. Paul's Station, and I was stunned when he opened the door. It was wonderfully modern, clinical sometimes, his stepfather stated, which can be explained by the white and gray color scheme. I expected some quaint, traditional English home, but that's not what I'd entered. To be quite frank, it was my dream home. I believe I made that clear when I met his mother. I couldn't help complimenting the home she and her husband had designed. An interesting feature to me, necessary due to the non-existent space between houses, was the apparently endless square spiral staircase. It wound on and on at right angles, concluding at Tom's penthouse-like bedroom. I never knew such strong love could blossom for an inanimate space. I was introduced to Tom's stepfather and two brothers after cashing my rucksack in the perch. His little brother was noticeably shocked by and interested in the American accent. I don't think Tom had warned him I wasn't English. They were all lovely, yet Tom and I were on a mission. We were meeting his mates at 7 o'clock at the Horse and Well for a few pints. We departed almost as soon as we arrived, but I rarely seem to slow down these days, so I wasn't bothered. I was first introduced to Bill while Big Billy puffed on a cigarette outside of the bar, the latter peeking in with hints of curiosity and suspicion. He's an absolute shame when it comes to Fortnite, not Big Billy started. Honestly, playing with Billy is like playing squads with a child. His complaints continued and he delivered them expertly with wild eyes darting about in disbelief, head shaking in the all too familiar sense of disappointment, making me laugh with each fresh insult. Big Billy entered during the rant, weakly attempting to defend himself, though he was clearly indifferent. We were introduced through the natural manner of conversation, but nothing else about our interaction that night was normal, only at the initial hello. The chat was filled with lines like, Stop doing drugs, man, just stop doing them. Or from Big Billy, I can't pronounce my G's, like thin, thin, see? He was trying to say thing. <laughs> the two Billies bounced off one another like a seasoned comedy duo. Billy essentially berated the bigger one, and Big Billy took it all, not with grace, but seemingly with ignorance. Tom and I went out with them for two nights, one at the Horse and Well, and one at Dirty Dick's in London. We also had a carvery, a large roast dinner of meat, potatoes, and gravy, and we stopped in Costa for a coffee. I spent a lot of time with Tom and the Billies, and while I already saw Tom as a great friend, I now see his mates in a similar light. 
I also met three of his other friends, as well as Tom's girlfriend at the time, each as nice as the last, but none as interesting as the two Billies. smells of processed air and day-old perfume. The tube whirs past with brief flashes of light and sudden jerking movements. We're crammed like fish in a can, and of similar importance to the designers, it seems. We impatiently wait for the lid to be peeled back to feel the crisp night breeze once again. Yesterday, we went to Tom's grandparents' house. The relationship between Ian and his wife, whose name I shamefully did not catch, was a typical one you'd expect, similar to a sitcom really. They were babysitting Tom's younger cousin, going back and forth with a bit of banter about what sausages to feed the kid. Are these the kind he usually eats, Ian? Will he like these? These have spices in them, these ones. To which Tom's grandfather would retort, It doesn't matter, does it? Just don't tell him and keep your voice down, he said, peering down the hallway, eyes squinting with panic. He'll only eat if he doesn't know what's in the bloody things. I couldn't help but laugh at their exchanges. His grandfather would talk for ages, his grandmother would ensure others had their chance to speak. As for me, I enjoyed listening. It was great learning from an older Englishman about every and any topic under the sun. Nothing was off limits, but he spoke in a manner that made even the most dangerous topics accessible. After a good two hours of conversation about Australia, the US, and England, their politics, sizes, landscapes, and histories, Bill Bryson and his novels, and refugees' impacts in various countries, Tom and I made our way out again into the night, but not before his little cousin asked what a copperhead was. He'd overheard us discussing the dangerous animals Tom and I encountered at our summer camp in North Carolina. Tom imitated the animal, striking his cousin playfully using his fingers for fangs. Later, Tom would tell me his little cousin whispered, You have a good friend, you should keep him around. Entry number 8, January 14th, 2019, 141 days since moving to Galway. Entry title, Health. Back in Galway and I'd like to report that I'm happy to be back. Truly, I feel like I've come home. I can almost guarantee I couldn't have expected this three months ago. 
One of the aspects I've missed most is one of the most simple. I've missed the movement. By that, I mean the walking and cycling. My highest recorded weight in 2018 was 205 pounds. I cut that down to 193 and 19.2% body fat from April to August thanks to summer camp. The day I got home for Christmas break, I weighed 178 pounds at 15.4% body fat. Galway had thinned me down and healthied me up. Yes, I know healthy is not a word, but I'll employ it anyway. I felt confident and fit, even though my diet in Ireland consisted mainly of blueberry muffins, frozen pizza, and 500 gram serving sizes of pasta. For reference, that's over a pound of pasta in one sitting. The day I left home after Christmas break, I weighed 184 pounds and recorded 16.6% body fat. I gained 6 pounds and over a percent of body fat in a fraction of the time it took me to lose it. Now that I'm back in my nice, warm, little coastal town off the Atlantic, I've fallen immediately back into my habits of running, cycling, and walking. European countries have that part of life figured out. Give people, at the very least, the opportunity to use their damn legs, to be mobile without the requirement of a motor vehicle. I've been gifted that opportunity once more, and I don't plan to squander it. I have goals for my body and for the work I want to get done in terms of writing, photography, videography, music, and school. I feel more comfortable, therefore more prepared to accomplish these goals. I'll report back as I finish them. One more note on my life here as it pertains to my health. I've come to understand that if you have to walk to the grocery store, snacks lose any priority they once held, at least for me. They don't seem worth the wait when you must walk half a mile back home. If you have access to a vehicle, you can load it with as many unnecessary absurdities as you'd like. When you have only two legs and two hands, this is not at all the case. Hey everyone, I'm Cullen. Thank you for listening to episode number 12 of my upcoming book, Attempting Local. For now, episodes will be released every week and I'll update you if that changes. This novel took over two years to create, from the idea's inception to editing this final version. The endeavor first required about eight months of planning, applying, and test taking just to get accepted and then to prepare for university in Galway. I then worked through an arduous year-long accelerated master's program, all while traveling and experiencing the country, just to keep an entertaining and detailed, handwritten journal to share with others. Lastly, I had to transcribe all four physical journals onto my laptop, edit, re-edit, send to my editor Sarah, and send to publishers, and I'm still currently sending submissions in. This process has taken an immense amount of time and money, and I'm still working on the Attempting Local project. All I ask is, if you're passionate about this podcast, desire the information it provides, or just look forward to the fun listening experience that it offers, please go ahead and support it. Simply head to anchor.fm forward slash Cullen McNamara, or visit patreon.com forward slash Cullen Mac. Your help and support will go a long way in keeping this podcast up and running. It literally paid for the mic I'm using right now. You'll feel my ability to create and share this beautiful and timely piece of work with all of you. And hopefully one day this will finally get published in print. So thank you again and enjoy listening to Attempting Local, A Year Abroad in Galway, Ireland.